Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of It's a Definite Maybe, a podcast for those of you who are just trying to figure it all out with your favorite co-hosts, as always, Stella and Rosie. On today's episode, we're checking in nearly a year on from me going off the pill and chatting through the skin issues and other side effects I've had so far on my birth control journey. So recently, I've been experiencing some struggles with my skin and it kind of prompted me to suggest an episode with you, Rosie, (laughs) about acne and kind of an update as well on my birth control journey because I think that's particularly relevant to the skin troubles at the moment or I think Mm -hmm. it might be. So yeah, we were just going to kind of chat back and forth and go from there, I guess. Give you a general update. How doesn't a, a topic come to life other than one of us being like, I'm really struggling with this in my life right Honestly. now. Let's do an episode on Honestly. It. Well, I think sidestepping for a second, I think those are the types of episodes that I enjoy recording the Me most. Too. And I hope that you guys out there in listen, listener land enjoy listening to the <laughs> most because they're the ones where we get to open up a bit and be vulnerable and let you in on the maybe not so glamorous sides of ourselves and the the areas that we wouldn't necessarily openly talk about and people don't necessarily openly talk about but you know that's primary purpose of this podcast is to talk about those sorts of things we're here to be real and authentic and candid totally and filter free absolutely so that's what we're gonna do so speaking of filter free that's kind of perfect segue into (laughs) into today's topic But, yeah, I mean, I might just kind of start by giving you guys a bit of an update with what's new with me, where things have been at recently. So I went off birth control nearly a year ago, actually, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, like 10 months, 9 or 10 months, something like that. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I've been on it for like 10 years. Yeah, and I was previously, for those of you who didn't listen to our previous birth control episode, I was on the pill for like nine years and then I decided to go off it and it was great to be honest I my libido was kind of through the roof and my mood was really great and I just was feeling more in flow and in touch with myself yeah more me generally and I think it was also a combination of other life things that were happening at the time as well but I definitely think that going off the pill had an impact on all Mm -hmm. of that but anyway I was not on any type of birth control, just kind of getting used to my body and tracking my temperature, tracking via an app to see how my body was changing throughout Mm -hmm. the month and see if I could predict a period and all of that sort of stuff. Long story short, that ended up being a little bit of a disaster because my cycle was always super irregular before I went on the pill. Mm -hmm. And then since going off it, it went back to being irregular again. It was regular for a couple of months and then straight back to being irregular. Mm -hmm. And I had one period cycle where it was 52 days and (gasps) another one where it was 57 days. Like between periods? Yeah. Far out. Yeah, my entire cycle between periods. And for everyone out there who isn't aware, the average female cycle is roughly like 25 to 32 days so so it was basically double double that that. (laughs) right lovely did you have several meltdowns thinking am I pregnant honestly I I did (laughs) I was like oh my god what's going on I was like I don't 
think I'm pregnant. I haven't had any other symptoms, you know, like everything seems to be fine, whatever. I'm just like, why hasn't my period come? This is so stressful. (laughs) So that was stressful in and of itself. Totally. And I had all of these people who I was talking to at the time, like friends of mine, a lot of them had tried natural cycle tracking and that's worked really well for them but for me as someone who naturally gets really stressy <laughs> when mm, things aren't super stressed? organized Never. yeah I know happens Never. once in a while <laughs> <laughs> but for me it was more stressful than anything to try and track everything and mm. I wasn't able to reliably track my cycle in order to know you know at what point I was at and how I needed yeah. to kind of adjust my life around that, I guess. Yeah. And that was obviously really challenging. So I started to explore other options for birth control because Mm -hmm. for me as well, it was a big thing about just having peace of mind, just not having to worry about getting pregnant. A sense of routine as well. Yeah. Regularity. Yeah, absolutely. And just kind of getting back into the swing of things. But obviously I was really conscious that I – was feeling pretty good off of birth control as well Mm. and not having hormones pumped into my body through the birth control that I was taking. So whatever avenue I went down, I wanted to be sure that that was impacted as little as possible Mm -hmm. because I was feeling really good. And so I did a bunch of research and had chat to doctors and whatever and eventually I decided to go with the Implanon which is like the rod in your Mm -hmm. arm which is kind of a weird thought and like if I touch my arm where it is like I can feel it I can feel it it's so weird it's so so weird (laughs) no it grosses me out I can't I'll stick to my hormone pills (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I ended up having that inserted And from the perspective of giving me peace of mind, it is really nice. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, I don't know if the skin troubles that I've had recently have been as a result of having that inserted or Mm -hmm. if it was just something that inevitably would have happened after being off the pill for a certain period of time. Like there are so many different factors that were going on in my life and over the course of the summer as well with being really social and having a lot on and just kind of being very go, go, go. Yeah. That I couldn't really pinpoint any particular reason for, like my cycle being really long and all of these things that I was experiencing. So even now I don't know if my skin troubles are directly related to the birth control method that I'm using, but I've heard from other people who've who've had the Implanon inserted, that for the first three or so months of having it, and I've had it for the last like two months, mm-hmm. for the first three or so months of having it, they said that they experienced weird like body symptoms. Some yeah. of them had mood swings, like others had like weight gain and things like that, or weight fluctuation. Mm-hmm. So that tends to be kind of the main period that people experience things, period. <laughs> <laughs> and then... After that, the next three months are when things start to ease off a little bit and your body starts to get used to it more, yeah, I guess. To it almost. Yeah, because you're inserting something into your body and it's a bit hey. like, oh my God, what's going Side on? This is new and weird and different. I don't know if I like this. Side all over your sex tape, part two. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So 
People say after the first six months, that's when you kind of get a feel for whether it's the right thing for you or not. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to keep an eye on everything when it comes to my skin and see if it starts to ease up. I have been to the doctor and have gotten prescription medication, like a topical treatment for my acne, and that has been really helpful Mm -hmm. so far. But it does also dry out my skin, make it more sensitive. Yeah. And you know, comes with a plethora of other side effects, I guess. Yeah, I love that word, plethora. (laughs) So good. Yeah, it's a good word. It is. So that's kind of the space that I'm in at the moment. And Mm -hmm. for me, and a reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I'd never really struggled with my skin before. I've always had really good skin. Yeah. And so it's been really challenging for me lately for that to have shifted Mm. And it's not necessarily other people noticing and me noticing a difference with how people are interacting with me. Mm -hmm. It's more I've vocalised certain insecurities that I have about my skin to my friends and they've said, oh, yeah, I've noticed, you know, you've had a little bit more going on than normal, like in the kindest way possible. Oh, in the kindest way possible. They're just like, oh, I hope everything's okay. You know, like what's been going on lately? It's it's not so much like, ew, yeah, your skin looks really gross. You're disgusting. Like, I can't believe you're (laughs) disgusting all of a sudden. You repulse me. It's not anything like that. It's more just, oh, yeah, I've noticed that there's been a bit of a change in your skin. Is everything okay? What's going on with you are you all right so it's all coming from a place of love which I appreciate so those friends out there who are listening right now who have been those people to echo those concerns I appreciate you but it is one of those things where I've taken a bit of a knock to my self-confidence and it's been really challenging honestly and it's not necessarily something that I've encountered in the past and -hmm. particularly not having encountered it in my adult life as well I think that is also kind of challenging because people expect when you're going through puberty to have skin issues. Yeah. But then when you're in your mid to late 20s, everything kind of evens out a little bit and settles and, you know, you've got things under control rather than developing issues at that Mm. point. Mm-hmm. And one of the most challenging things for me, aside from the self-confidence thing, is I can't necessarily pinpoint what exactly has caused Yeah, like what's changed. The acne. Yeah. Like I know that there's been a lot going on with my body and my hormones recently with going off birth control and going on this new birth control. So naturally yeah. that would be messing with things a bit. Totally. But it's not like I can say, oh, yeah, I didn't experience any acne and then all of a sudden when I got the rod inserted that's when it happened yeah it was kind of my hormones were a little bit all over the place even prior to that Mm -hmm. so I think that's also something that's been really tricky is like I don't really know what to do to address it because I don't know what the underlying cause is I kind of can't really pinpoint it on one thing yeah So that's kind of where I'm at recently and it's something that I'm working through but it's also something that I think a lot of people experience as well, issues with Mm -hmm. their skin and it's caused me to reflect a little bit on the state of society as it currently stands. Oh, yeah. And acne and pimples and, you know, skin conditions and whatever are so normal 
but there's so this massive normal. stigma around having those sorts of it. things. Yeah. And not looking perfect and Absolutely. face tuned all the time. Totally. And people feeling insecure because they feel the need to cover things up all the time. And, you know, there's so many women out there who, even by their partners, are scared to be seen without makeup. Mm -hmm. because they're insecure about their skin and how they could be perceived, even though, you know, in reality there's probably no reason to be that and there's a lot of people who know that it's natural and normal and people experience pimples. Like, people always get pimples. It's just something that happens. But it sucks that there's so much judgment, I guess, for people who don't necessarily have the best skin, particularly when it's not due to anything that you can control, if it's genetics or it's hormone issues or, you know, whatever the underlying Mm -hmm. cause is, it's really challenging if you have to deal with bad skin and you're like, well, I'm doing what I can. You're doing your best. you know, there's only so much I can control at the end of the day. (laughs) I know. And I think because of Instagram mainly and just magazines and mainstream media, there's this expectation that you have to have flawless skin, perfect skin, no blemishes, no pimples, no unevenness, nothing. And I think a lot of people can probably resonate with what you're feeling, especially in our late 20s, mid to late 20s, that, oh, we're not used to having skin issues or having to deal with pimples as much. But I think it's good to be talking about it because Mm. the more we move into this next phase of, I guess, social media, which is all about authenticity, being real and not being fake and showing all of who we are and completeness is that a word I don't know (laughs) whatever we know this my brain doesn't have words (laughs) at this word tonight when we record it's fine showing who we really are is basically what I'm trying to say a full authentic self and I think it's good to be sort of talking about this because I'm sure so many can feel this pressure to look a certain way to Mm. always be doled up or something that you and I were talking about just the other day was that you feel that you now have to wear makeup because you're nervous or you're more self-conscious about this when at the end of the day, people probably don't care, but you just feel this self-pressure to think, oh, I have to look perfect or I have to hide it or you don't feel, you know, you don't want people noticing and sort of all of this that's being fed into our brains and subconscious from like such a young age in the era that you and I grew up in. Yeah, and I think that's the challenging thing as well. It's feeling the pressure, whether that's put on me by external sources or it's just me putting pressure on myself and in reality no one really cares about what I'm doing and how my skin looks and all of that sort of stuff. I think there have been certain times like when I go to the gym, for example, where I don't tend to wear makeup, obviously, because I'm going to sweat it off anyway and it's just going to like clog my pores and make Sorry, everything who worse. I can go to the gym and actually wear makeup because there are people that get ready <laughs> to go to the gym. I'm like, Bessie, are I you know. not sweating? Like, is that just me that sweats profusely at the gym? Like, I don't know, man. I don't get it. I don't know, man. But yeah, if you're one sorry, of those people <laughs> who does wear makeup to the gym and that works for you, all power to you because power it just does you. not work for me. I just can't do it. Maybe they have like minimal sweat glands. Maybe they've had know. Botox to not sweat. But like, oh, apparently they're supposed to help. With I'm that. definitely the sweaty gal at the gym. Like, and I don't, <laughs> for you know, sure. I don't go to the gym. But oh. I'm, I'm the sweaty gal. I'm the sweaty know? gal, and my face <laughs> turns like tomato red because I just oh, get yeah. like way too hot. And oh you know, yeah, it's, it's not a pretty sight for anyone who's seen me at you. the gym. I feel you, tomato <laughs> girls unite. <laughs> But that is also something that I have definitely experienced is the pressure to wear 
makeup because I am a little bit more self-conscious than I have been in the past. Mm -hmm. And there would be times when, particularly if I was just going out, you know, Chapel Street or the city or somewhere nearby, but I wasn't going to be out for that long. I was just going Mm -hmm. out for a little bit. I wouldn't bother wearing makeup. Whereas these days I am a bit more conscious of it than I ever have been. And I don't like that I have that. And I'm trying to work on kind of pushing past that and being okay with going out you know with my skin in its in its natural habitat (laughs) (laughs) habitat. (laughs) but it's it's a process Um, and it's definitely like it's not easy a mental challenge that I encounter these days but one person on social media who has really embraced the whole showing her authentic self and breaking down the fourth wall a little bit, I guess, is Selena Gomez. Ooh. Yeah. I haven't seen her recent content, but I've always it's been, been a Selena great. Stan. Yeah. She she posted on Instagram the other day, like, a series of photos, I think, of her with her hair not really done and, like, makeup not done and she had mm-hmm. pimples and, you know, all of this sort of stuff going on. Normal people, human Absolutely. Things. Absolutely. And I love that she's really leaned into showing that side of her and not yeah. just having this incredibly curated feed where she's made up so all the time. Refreshing. And Yeah. It's, it's really nice to see a celebrity being really open about what they look like on a normal basis because I feel like... We need more of it. Yeah. And Selena Gomez in particular is someone who has always been pretty good about expressing the more real side of her and showing that authenticity, which I really appreciate, as opposed to just having the perfect, in quotation marks, curated feed of photos. Yeah. So like a, the Kardashians... I know, honestly, like they're massive culprits of all of this sort of curated feed of the highlight reel and airbrushing photos and even videos. Like there are constantly scandals that pop up on social media of the Kardashians massively photoshopping their photos and having walls and backgrounds warped (laughs) and, you know, having weird skeletal looking zombie hands and things like that like it's just on a whole other level honestly I don't even know how you can look at some of those outputted photos and be like yes this looks legitimate I'm gonna post this because people will believe that that's not photoshopped (laughs) I I saw a post of that I think it was on my LinkedIn because you guys know I'm all over LinkedIn and it was a screenshot of I think it was Kylie's Instagram it had two comments screenshotted in this photo. One was from Kim Kardashian being like, mm. hey, Carly, you're wearing skims. Can you please tag skims? You know, so something like that. I was like, cool. The comment under that was from the Facetune Instagram account being like, well, if you're going to tag skims, you better tag us as well <gasps> to give us credit. I lost oh my, my god, shit. It was like, one, I love wow. that because I work in social media. I'm like, that's brilliant from the social media manager. But it's also just like a ongoing joke that I think they're almost in on. It's like, yeah, yeah. they know that they Facetune. They know that they Photoshop. They know that they set these unrealistic standards, yet they just roll with it. It's ridiculous. I think, though, that's something that's really disappointing about the Kardashians because they often deny getting work done oh, or yeah. photoshopping photos and doctoring videos and things that? like that. Of course. They want to be perfect. They set the of standard. Course. They've got so many hundreds of millions of followers between them. Why yeah. would they not want to be this higher standard of perfection and beauty and unrealistic standards? Because they want everyone to buy stuff from them and 
want to be them and idolize them or whatever. Well, it's so funny because the Kardashians are just such a fascinating case study because they kind of set the beauty standard, but then they're also in charge of perpetuating these impossible standards. And then they're held to these impossible standards that they set for themselves and then complain about how they're held to impossible (laughs) standards. And it's like... It's this vicious cycle that just keeps repeating over and over and over again. And I'm sure it would be exhausting being them and being caught in that. But at the same time, I know (laughs) that would be the life. (laughs) But at the same time, there's a certain level of responsibility that they do need to take that I just don't think that they have. I don't think they ever will. No. But anyway, I digress. One of the things that I did want to talk about as well is trialing different types of birth control because I know that there are people who have particularly strong opinions one way or another about different birth control methods and there's a lot of information out there online around pros and cons of different birth control methods. And And we're not mental No, not mental. We're not health professionals. Yes, correct. So we're not going to give any specific recommendations. We're not going to tell you what to do with with your your own body. You've got to do what feels right for you, talk to medical professionals. That's your GP. Yeah, figure out what makes the most sense for you personally. And unfortunately, it is one of those things where it is a little bit trial and error. With the rod, there's one third of people apparently who don't get any periods anymore one third of people who get regular periods and kind of lighter periods and they're super chill and then there's one third of people where they just get all sorts of issues and they're irregular and they get spotting or constant periods or whatever and it's just a bad time for them constant period sounds like my worst nightmare if I'm honest I know it sounds awful but you don't know which group you're in until you actually get the rod inserted so you could you be the lucky cry one before you buy exactly exactly <laughs> so so there is also this whole thing of trying different birth control methods and the impact that that has on your body and your hormones mm-hmm. and all of that sort of stuff and so it's really challenging to make the decisions about the course of action that you want to take mm. and cutting through the noise as much as possible and learning who to listen to and who to block out a little bit yep. when it comes to making decisions about your birth control method yeah. and what feels right for you. It is unfortunately an area where a lot of people who shouldn't have a say feel like they do have a say over what mm-hmm. people do with their bodies. It's it's men, it's other women as well who something works for them and they feel that because something works for them everyone should do the same thing and they can be a little bit forceful with Mm -hmm. that approach and that's definitely not everyone and a lot of people just acknowledge that you've got to do what's right for you and even if that's different than what they do for themselves if they still voice their opinion and say hey this is what worked for me you might want to try that Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you've got to accept that what someone decides to do with their own body is their choice. And, 100%. you know, it's not your responsibility to push them one way or another. But it is challenging having gone through this whole process of weighing up all the different birth control options and, mm-hmm. you know, looking at reviews online or experiences that people have had. And it is one of those things where sometimes it works for some people and sometimes it doesn't work for others. You won't know until you try, I guess. Exactly, yeah. It is just a bit of trial and error. And just because someone had a bad experience, that doesn't necessarily mean that you will. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean that 
that birth control method is bad or any worse than any others. It just means that it doesn't work for some people. So it's also really difficult to figure out who to pay attention to and when to listen to people saying that they had bad experiences with something Mm -hmm. versus just kind of giving something a go and seeing if it works for you as well. Do you think with that in mind of the research you've done, do you think you'd ever go back to the pill or do you think you're completely done with that form of birth control? (sighs) Look, it's a good question. I've honestly gone back and forth in my own mind about this recently Mm. through going, well, okay, if I get to that six-month point and things haven't really eased up for the implanon, the rod, then realistically I'll get it taken out. But I want to stick it out at least for that six months. I think you need to. Yeah. And who knows, maybe everything will ease up and it's like, oh, okay, it was just like the first three to six months of the – you know, having something weird and foreign in my body (laughs) and everything is fine after that point. But it is something that I have thought about. If I do need to go down that path of having the rod taken out, what Mm. route I would go down for birth control. And I have considered going back on the pill because that worked for me for a long period of time. I think the thing that I am conscious of, though, is maybe not necessarily going back to the same pill that I was on because newer generations of birth control pills have come out since and a lot of them have less synthetic hormones in Mm -hmm. them or lower volumes of hormones and are just kind of formulated differently to more closely mimic your body's natural rhythms I guess and your natural cycle so I think Realistically, if I did end up going back on the pill, I would explore one of those newer options and see if they work for me. I think ultimately, though, the pill that I was on previously did work for me for so long and I didn't have acne and I didn't have weight gain and, Mm. you know, all of this sort of stuff. It it had the biggest impact, I think, on my mood, but I didn't – it wasn't noticeable enough that it was really an issue beforehand but it was only noticeable after I actually went off it. Mm -hmm. So I think I know that that worked to an extent for me. So as an absolute worst-case scenario, I could go back to that if I needed to and it would probably be fine. But, yeah, at this point I don't really know. I think it's just going to be one of those things where I'll make the call in the moment and see what feels right for me and just kind of go from there. Fair enough. Well, that's kind of everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, (laughs) If you guys have any specific questions that you want covered or... Slide into the DMs. Yeah, or if you guys have also struggled with skin issues or, you know, birth control, anything like that, anything that we've covered in today's episode, then by all means, slide into the DMs. We're here to lend an ear if you need one. But otherwise, if you're not following us on socials, make sure you head over to our Instagram, everything. Our links will always be in the show notes as usual. Make sure to send us an email as well if there's a conversation topic that you want covered or if you need advice on anything. We're all ears. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. We love having you guys along every week and you don't want to miss any new episodes when they come out every Wednesday. So come along with us as we talk about the areas of life that might not have a one-size-fits-all approach on It's a Definite Maybe. We'll see you next week. Bye.